I believe one of the great things we have going for us at Skyview Church is our kids and these wonderful, wonderful children. Bless them as they go off and learn and discover. Would you, um, would you repeat with me this morning the scripture? And as we prepare our hearts, let's uh, offer the prayer that was just up there. <laughs> That's okay, Jody. Almighty God, feed us with your word that we might be filled with the bread of life. Awaken and illumine us by your word. Amen. And then a portion of scripture that is familiar to us all, the prayer of Jesus, where the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. How should we pray? We want to be your followers. We want to be your disciples. What, what should we pray? Jesus responded, pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. I remember as a young boy growing up in Calgary First Church, downtown Calgary, we repeated the Lord's Prayer every Sunday morning. It was part of the ritual that we used, a liturgy, if you will, and I liked it, and it was meaningful to me. Often, we repeated the Lord's Prayer also at my grandfather and grandmother's kitchen table at family prayer time. Back in the day, we called it family altar. My grandfather's name was Riley Cameron, actually Lyle Cameron, his real name, but he was such a rascal that he was nicknamed Riley after the Life of Riley radio program in the 1950s. <laughs> so now I have two grandsons, Riley and Cameron. But we always kneeled as we prayed, and we always finished with the Lord's Prayer. And so I understood the prayer. God in heaven, is to be honored, his kingdom and will is to be done. Forgive us as we forgive others, deliver us from evil. But the phrase, give us this day our daily bread, always struck a curious chord in my life and heart, in my thinking. I, I had everything I wanted, food, Clothing, shelter, schooling, family, a church home, people that loved me, and always enough to eat. So here's the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus is teaching me to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Truth is, 
I, I didn't quite get it or understood what that meant. I, I kind of got the rest of the Lord's Prayer, but give us this day our daily bread. I, I think it, there's a bit of a disconnect even today because of the world that we live in and the abundance of our lives. Truth is, we live in absolute abundance compared to many, many, many people in the world who don't have even enough. We have food and shelter and resource. We have opportunities. We have affluence or a degree of affluence. No matter what our life situation today, we are a blessed people, which we should neither deny or be embarrassed about. Many followers of Christ live with the incongruity definition, incongruity. It's something that does not seem to fit in with or be appropriate to its context. It's something that does not fit in with or doesn't seem to fit in with the context, incongruity. We live as followers of Christ with the incongruity of living with significant resource and possession and wealth and abundance and, at the same time, hearing biblical teachings concerning responding to people in need. It's a huge incongruity. How do we deal with this? Here's my message in one sentence this morning. With affluence comes responsibility. With affluence comes responsibility. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we have an obligation known in the Middle Ages as noblesse oblige, to develop a lifestyle of generosity and compassion. If we follow Christ, we have an obligation to develop in our lives a, 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 a lifestyle of generosity and compassion, while at the same time enjoying the benefits of our present life situations. God has blessed us with abundance and wealth, a measure of prosperity not enjoyed by many people of our world, over half of whom make out an, e uh, uh, an existence on less than $100 a month. More than 4 billion people in the world make less than 100 bucks a month. Canadians enjoy a level of wealth and affluence that is significant, but that calls us who follow Christ to develop a lifestyle to figure this out so that we are good stewards of the resources that God had blessed us with, both in this life and beyond, and, and beyond in our death. The challenge we all face, and true confession here, Last thing I'm doing is pointing a finger today. My finger points back to me. We all face 
is living in a society and culture often defined by material issues. We live in this society. We don't have a choice anymore. Here's where we live. It's so easy to be swept up in the pursuit of possessions and experiences that then define us. Where we go, how we do it, what we have, car we drive, house we have, jobs, they define who we are and how successful we have become with our lives. I believe the media plays a significant role in this in our lives. Constant, constantly telling us we don't have enough. And it impacts us in ways that we hardly see coming. We see products and services and experiences advertised promoting fulfillment and happiness and joy beyond our wildest imaginations. It's just the world we live in. And we shouldn't deny it. I guess we could go off on a mountaintop somewhere and form a little commune and do our own. Nah, that's not going to happen. We are who we are. So we need to recognize who we are. It is a media message that we are all influenced by to one degree or another. Our society is, well, it's possessed with bigger, bigger, better, newer, when selfishness and then self-indulgence preys on us and we get swept up in the tide then we have a problem as followers of Jesus. And we just need to recognize the dilemma. It is an incongruence that leaves us conflicted. And we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We don't pray this prayer as much as we used to. I was chatting with a fellow about 40 years ago when I was pastoring, and I wasn't sure what kind of a relationship he had with God or Jesus and like. He said, well, I pray the Lord's Prayer six times a day. And it had been quite a while since I had prayed the Lord's Prayer. This is Jesus' prayer. He, he taught us to pray this. He, he wanted us to pray this. Give us this day our daily bread. It's, an, it, it's a difficulty to pray that prayer and to understand that prayer in the world that we live in. What does that mean, really, <laughs> to pray that prayer? It is, after all, the prayer that Jesus taught us. In Exodus, we have a bit of an idea. We read of the transition of uh, the people of God from Egypt to Canaan, but before they across the Jordan River, the people grew hungry and restless, they wandered aimlessly at a big problem. They'd given up everything to arrive at this place, didn't have much going for themselves, and found themselves in a very difficult wilderness place. And in answer to the people's needs, something extraordinary happened. God began to drop food and water, but food from heaven, provided water, food from heaven. And the... Uh, it, it, it's known to us as manna, and that is transliterated from the Hebrew as, what's this? Manna. 
uh, menu Hebrew. I, I don't speak Hebrew. Took it, but I didn't eat Don't speak it. Three, three things happen to this bread that came from God as God's provision in their lives. Everybody had enough. All of them had enough for each new day. Enough. But over time, people feared for provision, so they hoarded the bread. <laughs> Funny thing. Uh, some things have never changed. They hoarded the bread. And when they tried to store it, 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 it uh, and, and barter with it, it turned sour and rotted because they could not be storing up what God was providing on a daily basis, enough for each new day, a double portion on Friday to tide them over through the Sabbath on Saturday. People who think their lives consist today of struggling to get and have and store up more and more and more and more and more, which is quite a number of people these days, they miss the point of God's provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Why? So that we can store up the blessing and provision of God for another day? Jesus told the parable of a, a rich man who kept piling up his riches, be, building bigger and better barns to hold the abundance of his harvest. And he said to himself, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store up more surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, I have plenty of grain laid up for many years, and take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Jesus criticized him, not for his abundance, not for much, how much wealth he had, not for the grains that he had. And parenthetically here, I honestly believe God doesn't care less how much money you have or resource. He does not. If we think, you know, the people with scads of money, you know, the really rich people, they're going to have trouble kind of like the camel and the going through the eye of the needle. Like, well, compared to people in the world, we're the rich ones already. So it really, in my opinion, doesn't matter how much money you have. You could have very little or a whole lot. But Jesus criticized this rich man in the parable for his lack of sensitivity to the others around him, for his lack of generosity with the resources that he was blessed with. And so it was all a matter of getting, getting, and hoarding and hoarding so that someday he could sit back and relax, eat, drink, and be merry. That was the point that Jesus was making. He later, Jesus later, shared a lesson with his disciples about a widow who gave all she had, uh, two pennies, really, two mites, in order to support the work of the kingdom. But in that parable, Jesus doesn't commend the woman for being poor. It, you know, saying, it's a good thing that you're poor, that she was poor. That wasn't the point of this. The point was, he suggests that her goodness was her willingness to be generous with very little resource. 
given the opportunity to respond generously to the needs of others. Our, our abundance and the, and the poverty or difficulty of others needs to be brought into proper balance. Generosity, these videos, generosity is a willingness to give money or help or time our resources freely within the context of a nobility of character. Generosity is a willingness to give resource within the context of a nobility of character. In other words, something has happened in our characters. Something has happened in our hearts, in, in, in who we are as people. Something has happened in our souls that is changing our very nature, changing us from self-indulgence and self-serving and self-preservation to giving, developing a lifestyle of generosity. We understand that process as being salvation. God has entered into our lives and is changing us through a relationship with his son, Jesus. That is changing our lives. We become followers of God through Christ, but God doesn't leave us there. He begins a process of changing us into the, the very nature of his son, Jesus. In Romans 8:29, we read that God's work in your life and mine is to conform us into the very image of his son, Jesus, so that we're different today than we were six months ago or three years ago. We're becoming more like Christ. How do we become more like Christ? Thank you for asking. <laughs> By allowing God to change us bit by bit, event after event, circumstance after circumstance in our lives, that his work in us is to change us to allow the fruit of his spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, the fruit of his spirit, by the way, kindness in there is better translated generosity. Isn't that fortunate? That's good. That's what it's about. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. He's changing us into the image of his son, Jesus. How is he doing that? Because we are cooperating with him in the circumstances of life to become different people more generous people, producing his spirit in us. I believe that generosity, which is kindness through a change in character over time, that generosity, in fact, is the flow of God's Holy Spirit through our lives. And I'm telling you, th this doesn't happen naturally. <laughs> I can remember as a pastor, 
that there were people on, would have a problem or a situation or something, and, and my neighbors, who weren't the most church-going people in the neighborhood, <laughs> they were quicker to respond than I was. And I was the pastor. It really made me angry. <laughs> I'm the pastor. It's not natural, necessarily. It's the work of God's Holy Spirit in changing us and conforming us into the image of his son Jesus. Martin Luther once wrote, there are three conversions necessary for our salvation. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the purse, the pocketbook. Martin Luther said that. 300 years later, Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher, wrote that with some believers, the last part of their nature that ever gets sanctified is their pockets. <laughs> if Martin Luther wrote about that issue in the 16th century and Charles Spurgeon preached about it in the 19th century, it surely has been a challenge to us over the years, has it not? Let me say something parenthetically. That means kind of in brackets here. It's a bit of an aside. And maybe a little personal. If it's too personal, apologies. Give us this daily bread. Why? So that we can spend and respend and then respend over and over and over again. To, with no regard for the influence that we are having in our lives, our problem is not resource. We've got all the time we need. We've got all the energy we need. We actually have all the money that we need. <laughs> I know many of us don't think that this morning, but it's true. Recently in a Canadian magazine, um, reported that the average Canadian will earn around $2.9 million during their lifetime. And you say, <laughs> well, not me. But when you figure you, you're, you're earning 40 years, 40 years of working at, say, 50, 60, 70,000, we're talking through $3 million. Some, perhaps, many of us, let that money, that $2 million, $3 million, that, that income slip right through our fingers. Because after all, it does cost a lot to, to live these days. Well, well, of course it does. Not, not the point. The problem is not that we don't earn enough. The problem is the management of what we do earn. We need a plan. If we don't have a plan and develop a discipline for the wise managing of our resources. We live on the edge of our credit cards and our lines of credit, and our resources will slip right through our fingers over and over and over again throughout our lifetime. And we will not have the opportunity. We will not be able to respond generously with what God has provided, God's flow of His grace through our lives. 
it's really quite practical when you think about it. Uh, Wesley, John Wesley, who we follow after as a denomination, he said, save, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's a little bit, a little bit nebulous, so. So I've been promoting the idea for a long time now. We earn what we earn. Maybe it's a lot, maybe it's a little. Not the point. That's not the point. But from whatever you earn, save 10%. Right off the top. Save 10%. Put it away. Don't spend it so that you have it to use when you need it to be a generous person. Give 10%. Save 10%. Give 10%. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Do you know how much I have? Nope. Not the issue. <laughs> That's not the issue. Because we can hide behind that the rest of our lives. I don't earn enough. I don't save enough. I don't have enough. That's not the issue. The issue is give 10% of it away. We are affluent, prosperous people. I'll smile when I say that so you don't think I'm... <sighs> the finger's pointed my way. We're in this together. Truth of the matter is, last Sunday I took what Pastor Stu said very seriously. Shame and uh, guilt, they're great motivators, but they don't work here. And don't for a moment think, that's my issue here. The issue is, God wants to change us in our core, in our hearts, in our characters, to become like Christ in the world in which we live. He has a big job on his hands for some of us. I'm a, I'm a case. I'm, I'm difficulty for God. He has to work extra hard on me. This is, this is easy for some people. It's not easy for me. I have to keep working at this and thinking about it, praying about it, and making sure that it's not simply chasing after this, that, and the other, and then finding myself in a situation where I'm feeling badly and feeling discouraged and can't be a generous person with the people around me. Give us this day our daily bread. Does that phrase even apply to us today? And Jesus said, this is how, how we should pray. Here's the meaning. This is it. The one, the one thing I want you to take from this message. Everything. Pastor Stu already said this this morning, earlier, with relation to the offering. Everything. Every possession every provision, every opportunity, every degree of health or healing, every opportunity, 
every blessing, everything, everything for those of us who follow Christ and name his name, everything, all that we have and all that we are comes as a gift from God daily. And it's not a matter of not having enough money in the bank, not saving money. It's not, that's not the point of this. The point is that we recognize every morning that we are simply stewards of what God has blessed us with. This is a difficult, difficult lesson for us as believers in Western Canada in the 21st century. Every blessing, every opportunity, everything comes as a gift from God daily. And we need to develop a lifestyle in response to that of recognizing and responding to his provision daily, looking for the opportunities to be light and salt and leaven in the world that we live in, recognizing and responding to his provision. I believe generosity is a saving grace for us. I think generosity is a saving grace, a grace that we learn. It's something that we develop over time. No matter what our situation in life, what we have or don't have to allow God to change us, to be generous when opportunity presents itself. Maybe you're listening here this morning and you're thinking, huh, I, I like this. I like this idea. And when I have enough, <laughs> when I straighten things out in my own life, I'm going to begin to do that, Pastor. It's going to happen. That's not, the way to, that's not the way to look at it. Do you know when the time is to start to live generously? Right now. No matter what your circumstance in life, right now. Time, energy, resource. Right now. To allow God then to change us to be generous when opportunity presents itself. It's one of the great challenges facing the church and the people of God in the 21st century. Do you, do you remember what I said at the beginning of my message here? In one sentence, this message was all about. Do you remember what I said? With affluence comes responsibility. I'm speaking this way this morning because it's, it's on my heart. And... Pastor Stu can't say these things. <laughs> he, he just can't say these kinds of things because it makes some people very angry. The truth of the matter is we need to face this. In, it's a reality in our lives and we need to do so submitting to the grace of God with Affluence comes responsibility. Generosity, the videos say, as a learned and practiced lifestyle is an abundant, overflowing way of life gratefully released to God for the blessing of others. That's what life's all about. It's just that simple for those of us who follow after God. As a learned and practiced lifestyle, it's an abundant, 
overflowing way of life, gratefully released to God for the blessing of others. Give us this daily bread. I can't wait to pray that tomorrow when I wake up. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this scripture, for your prayer for your people, teaching us to pray. This is significant for us. And I am grateful for the challenge of this message to me. And I pray for those of us who have heard and are listening this morning that there might be even perhaps the beginning or a recommitment or a commitment to continue the developing of this kind of lifestyle so that we can be generous people, <laughs> not for our own sakes. So people would say, oh, that's great, a generous person. Not, not the issue, but so that your spirit would be free to flow through us as you develop the fruit of your spirit in our lives. Help us. Thank you. Amen.